Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's a shame that you haven't lost your touch. We wouldn't be in this mess. This is your mess. Has this ever happened before, John? Because obviously your knowledge of you know your knowledge of Bond and, and the history of Bond is, uh-huh. is greater than mine. Uh-huh. Have there were there were there ever discussions about killing Bond with any previous actor? No. Okay. No. Great. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe they would Good have done know. after Lazenby. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, without they his were, consent. They were, they were very they were angry with him, so maybe. <laughs> Uh, they just had someone who looks like him walk in a room and then fall down a hole and then Connery come out and go, who is that? Who is that imposter? You weren't well, following him, fellow. were you? He was a very unreliable narrator. Largely overdubbed, I believe. Yes, by this man, <laughs> Inspector Wexford. <laughs> Name's Bond, James Bond. <laughs> no, you're not. You're Inspector Wexford. Damn it, damn it. Anyway, follow me on Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> See you after the credits. That's what they should have had instead of Where's Blofeld. Yeah, they should yeah. have done. They should have done. But anyway, yeah. anyway, we're going to be here yeah. all day. Sorry. <clears throat> yes. Sorry. Sorry. So basically, we have a break in at a lab. I like the way this is directed. Love Very it. Very nice. Yeah. And they kill Hugh Dennis. Oh. Yeah. For all yeah. the times he's interrupted on Mock the Week. <laughs> I really this is really boring but I really 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 like the red lab coats look it looks so cool I think this whole sequence is terrific yeah, I really it's do brilliant. it's brilliant I think David Denchik if I'm pronouncing his name him. correctly very good very yeah, he's funny a bit, he's a bit um, what's the word underutilised in this or maybe overutilised or however you feel uh, but I really like him as an actor I love him in Tinker Taylor very much yes yes very much the, so the girl with the dragon tattoo on on her legs. 
Yes. That was good. Um, yes. Yeah, so they break in and they, they, they steal a weapon. They try and give um, him smallpox. Uh, and there's, there's there's lots of bullying going on in these government facilities of mm-hmm. poor Russian men. But they, they steal the weapon, Heracles. And what I love about this is Moneypenny runs into M's office and says, Sir, I've just heard some awful news. And he sits up and goes, I've seen it. Then he presses a button and we have to wait 10 seconds while this TV <laughs> awkwardly opens. And I thought, where have you seen it? Because <laughs> the TV's off. <laughs> the TV should have been on. Uh, maybe he and, thinks that she was referring to something completely different. <laughs> so there's an email about your Peter. I've seen it. <laughs> there's an email about you, what you and Bond did in Hong Kong. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. Let's change the subject. And then he says it was a gas leak. And she says, but sir, it was a gas leak. And then he says, He's get a- us 007. Ah. Uh, Bond is now in Jamaica. Yeah. Where he's just caught a couple of fish mm-hmm. with his harpoon. Maybe it was him with the harpoon in the opening credits. Maybe it was. Mm. Mm. But he finds a, a te- what they call the cigar. In Die Another Day, when he goes to Cuba, he says, I'm here about the Whatever they're called. There's one there. So that's a bit of a Die Another Day callback there. Okay, yeah. And then he meets Logan Ash and Felix in the nightclub. And they want his help to find Orobchev, who's the scientist who was kidnapped with magnets. And Bond says no, but then he meets Nomi, Mm-hmm. who, as you mentioned before, she's now an MI6 agent, pretending to be Jamaican. She go, they go back to his house, and his house, of course, is Ian Fleming's Golden Eye. Yes! Mm. Which I was in, John. Oh, you didn't go there, did you? I did. I, oh. I went there. Uh, I was. I, I business or pleasure? I visited the set of this movie. I have <gasps> did pictures you? Of me sitting, yeah, I have, I have pictures of me at the, uh, at the desk where Ian Fleming wrote all his Bond novels. Wow. Um, yeah. That's, wow. I could lose a few pounds, I'll be honest. But um yeah. It was it was it was very, very much fun. Uh it was it's a hell of a place. I wish mm. I could afford to go back there to stay properly because it's now a resort. You can actually stay. It's, it's on Airbnb. My... I looked up how, how much it costs for a week. Forty five thousand pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps we can get a Patreon going. I think we should. Yeah. John and Chris is Goldeneye Adventure. And I we, think, we I go think... out there. And you and I write a feature about what it's like to live there for a week. Empire pick up the bill. What do you think? I think Empire would be delighted to pay for that. <laughs> what did you say? 45,000? Fuck 45, it. We'll throw in two weeks. Have a second week. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? But yeah, I went I went out to Jamaica um, to see some second unit stuff. Mm. And then I was on, uh, we'll get to it later on, but I was on set for a, for a pivotal scene in the movie. Mm. And uh, up at Pinewood. But I went to Jamaica, which was which was good for me because I did the set visit uh, purely from selfish air miles uh, point of view. <clears throat> yeah. But also, you know, having great experiences and adventures because I did the set, I did all the set visits for, or did the uh, the, the feature rather for Spectre, um, mm. which involved trips to Austria and Mexico. But I didn't get to do any of them. Someone else went to those instead. Oh. So I ended up um, a pinewood watching Daniel Craig pretend to beat up um, a security guard. But you know, mm. listen, all good. Not not mm. complaining. It was mm. fine. But yeah, I went to Jamaica, uh, and uh, I'm going to give you a Smurfpod exclusive. Oh, go on. Uh, the scene I saw being shot, second unit scene I saw being shot, uh, not in the film. Oh. Mm-hmm. What happened in it? It was... So after Cuba, mm. when Bond gets the scientist whose name I cannot remember... Uh, Obrachev. That's him. That's the one. Mm-hmm. 
gets him gets him into Nomi's seaplane. There was mm-hmm. a bit of business where Bond was then bobbing around in the water, being chased by cops, and mm-hmm. he was in the seaplane, and the cops were shooting at him. And then Bond takes off, and then there's like a, a stunt where he flies the seaplane through a crane. And wow. um, they had oh, I think incredible- that might be in the trailer. I think it's in the trailer, and I'm pretty yeah. sure I wrote it in my feature as well, um, which came out <laughs> weirdly in like 2019. Yeah, and I, I talked about seeing this, this this stunt pilot flying this plane, this really hmm. really precise stunt through a crane at the at one of the ports out there in uh, in Kingston, and not in the film. Mm. So they they cut. He gets he gets onto the plane, and then the next thing they're in the air. Mm, so that whole right. sequence is excised. Oh yeah, so he's Nomi's in Goldeneye, mm-hmm. and then she reveals that she's MI six, and then he says, "By the way, it's Commander Bond." And I thought, I thought this is your fifth film, and this is the first reference you've made to the fact that you were in the navy. <laughs> At no point in any of these films has they ever mentioned that he was Commander Bond. Maybe he just forgot. <sighs> <laughs> It just made me think of License to Kill. Like, let it go, Commander. Thought, yes, yes, yes. But they don't do that at all in any of these films. So I, that annoyed me a bit. I, yeah. I know, I'm a dick. But what I like most is after he speaks to Nomi, Ray finds is back at uh, M's office. No, Q's office, sorry. Mm-hmm. And he says, I need to speak to Blofeld. And he goes, oh, you know, there's only one person who'll speak to him. He goes, no, no, I mean the live feed. And then he says, oh, the PM's calling. And I just immediately thought of Boris Johnson. And I started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> What's going on with this uh, Her- Her- Heracles? <laughs> oh, God, we're all, we're all screwed in that case, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Ben Q does his uh, hacking typing, which always irritates me. He says, give me the live feed of uh, Blofeld's jail cell. And it's like... And Blof- and then and then um um Rory Kinnear, I was gonna say Roy, yeah. says he's always like this. He says he's as mad as a bag of bees. He says peas. Does he say peas? He says peas, mad as I a bag was- of peas. I thought he said bees. I'm sure he says peas. I'm sure oh. he does. He's a Shakespearean trained actor, John. He will enunciate. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I can see Phoebe Waller Bridge has worked her magic there. <laughs> I'm just going to say that every time there's a bit of dialogue because that's what everyone was saying for, for weeks after that film came out I mean most people say mad as a bag of snakes but mm. uh, in, in Scripps Doctor frogs. World box of frogs yeah yeah, absolutely but uh, sack of hammers you can have all kinds of things mm. but no bag Margo of peas Kidder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean yes other options are available obviously uh, I'm not editing that out. Um, so Bond <laughs> then rings back Felix and says, "I'm in, I'm in," because I spoke to I spoke to him and he and he wouldn't have anything of what I was saying because he, he he knew I knew what's going on and he wouldn't listen. So I'm in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Cuba and he meets Paloma. Now this is the best sequence in the film. It is, yeah, because she is brilliant. She is, and uh, and it feels like she comes into the film, blesses it for ten minutes, and then leaves. Uh, exit stage left. And well, I think that's something they'd forgotten about with Bond is that, and by making a different by having a different woman in every film or a different person in every film, I should say, it freshens it up a bit. When you've got the same people in every film, I mean, with this mm-hmm. one, we've got Madeline doing two films. Uh, it just feels a bit staid and boring. But as you say, she comes in and just sprinkles magic dust everywhere because she's so fun. Yeah, 
she is. She's so vibrant and effervescent, and mm. the sequence is, for my money, the best action sequence in the movie. Then yeah. it forgets to be an action action movie for about a good solid hour oh, after it? that. Yeah. Um, there's obviously the, the the kind of dust up on on Felix's boat, but after that, it's people talking in rooms for until they get to Norway it's for a long, birthday, long time. Though. It is blow. It was such a lovely birthday. Um, this is the scene I was on set for, actually. The, How is it? Uh, the Blofeld's birthday scene. Hmm. Uh, and so I was under the impression for a long time that this movie had a virus component to it. Hmm. Um, and whenever I saw the movie, I was thinking, how are they going to do a virus uh, in in the time of COVID? There's hmm. obviously some sort of sensitivity around that. Hmm. And when I saw the movie and I saw that it was, it was nanobots and there was a, a virus that basically has to be armed beforehand, hmm. uh, I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right with that. It's Trad Bond. I like it. Yeah, yeah. But it's got this cutting, cutting edge style to it as well, which I like. Yeah. It's also got the fact that Blofeld is, you know, we're watching this lovely party happening, but Blofeld is sat on his own in a cell with a little hat on, <laughs> watching everything happen through a bionic eye. Occasionally doesn't doing even give that. a slice of cake, does he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. They, they can't download cake to an eye, I don't think. <laughs> no, they can't. I love, no. I, that's never quite explained how no. he is seeing everything through that eye. No. Um, uh, and but I do love the the setup of it when Rory Kinnear says he's mad as a box of spiders or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And and they cut to the live feed and it's Blofeld just going ooh jibber 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 mm. <laughs> wibble 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 I'm yeah. mad I am. So later on when he suddenly goes well the author of all my pain my great mm. brother James mm. then they don't smell a rat do they? No. No they should do. So they smell a ham. <laughs> <laughs> so on set. aunt. I was watching I watched the French yeah. Dispatch a few weeks ago, which I which I loved. Yes, yes. He, he's in that for about five seconds and he doesn't really Everyone's do in that for five seconds. That's true. But he had to have extensive makeup to make him look like he's a bit balding. And mm. I thought I mean, maybe he had a bigger part. I don't know. Maybe but he just felt a bit odd. I, I feel I feel like he's lost hair. his way a bit, bless him. Yeah, I I don't think it's as easy as he just needs to reunite with Quentin Tarantino. But no. it does seem that every time Quentin Tarantino writes him a part, he wins an Oscar. So yeah. maybe he does need to do that. He's just uh, waiting for Tarantino to write, make another film. Is yeah. he going to make another film or is he quit now? He is. He's going to make one more film. Yeah. Maybe maybe that'll be the uh, the QT All-Stars. Maybe he'll write a part for, for everybody who's been amazing in one of his films who's not dead or insane. Um, so or John Travolta. Or John Travolta. Oh, bless him. Who's uh, both? Poor old JT. Yeah. Poor old JT. Uh, so but yeah, the, the um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say the um, mm. this that scene, the birthday party scene, is the one I was on set for. And mm. instead of Christoph Waltz reading out the, you know, welcome everybody to my birthday party. It is my 60th birthday. Here is my brother, my 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 great burden, my brother James Bond. It was a um, bored um, bloke on the set. He was reading out the lines in a monotone through a microphone. It was really quite something. Why is the eye on a pillow? Why doesn't it just live in that man's head? Because he can see out of a man's head. <laughs> but it's precisely. Yeah. That feels really odd. Yeah. And surely if they have the technology to do that, why is it just hmm. that one guy? Yeah. Why haven't they, they all just... got one? Yeah. It's... It's, he could have uh, got like when Sky Sports first started. You could like flick between the different people and look at, through their eyes. It should have been Chris Kamara. Is yeah. basically what 
what you're saying. Uh, Chris, I hear all of Spectre are dead. Are they, Jeff? <laughs> There's been a massacre at Spectre, but who for? Chris Kamara! How's <laughs> there, Jeff? <laughs> I haven't seen it, Jeff. What's, what's happening? They're all dead, Chris. Are they? <laughs> oh, yeah, they've been infected by a nanovirus. <laughs> I'm not feeling very well, Jeff. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Jeff, I'm, I don't want to be... I don't want to be killed by a nanovirus at a Spectre birthday party. That's a bit of Charlie Nicholas for you there. No, I was going to do Paul Merson and say, someone's run off with that Uber Chefanov. <laughs> Uber Chovalov. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, um, Orbachev is being... Now, I'm really unclear as to who's doing what here because Cyclops Man is forcing Orbachev Mm-hmm. to put Bond's DNA into mm-hmm. uh, the n- nanobot thing, which is then going to yes. put into the air filter, which is going to pump into the room and kill Bond. But he puts all of Spectre <laughs> into it. Yes. And when they pump into the room, Bluefell's like, ha, ah, up yours, you're going to die now. And then everybody around him dies. Yes. But I'm like, well, who's... So So Safin's done that, but how? how? Because that bloke... Oh, I'm really confused. Well, they say later on, Moneypenny says later on that there have been loads of data breaches mm. in you know just various security agencies around the world, yeah. and they've they've lost all kinds of DNA. So presumably, Safin, for for reasons. But how how has he got how has he done this? Who is he working for? Where's he got his money from? What it again? There are some unanswered questions with Safin, as yeah. in everything. Basically, <laughs> yeah. where does he get the money? Because if his parents were killed, there's kind of a, a there's kind of a suggestion in the film that that used to be his father's lair and he's just inherited. Yes. yes. Uh, which, but you're right. How does he bankroll it? Why is he bankrolling it? There's mm. a there's a there's a fairly basic approach to to Safin, which is how do you establish your big bad is a big bad by having him kill the previous big bad. Yes, which is which can be really reductive sometimes. I think it's a little bit here because hmm. when you're watching the film for the first time, you're going, "Oh my god, this guy has killed all of Spectre. This is wild. He must be hmm. an incredibly impressive villain." Whenever we finally get to meet him, and then he's just some sort of weirdo. Yeah, I don't think they quite back it up. It's a shame. It is a shame. It's um, a lovely party as well, and um, and uh, Michael G. Wilson cameo in here. Yes, yes. Always good to see him mm-hmm. in a film, not otherwise. That's a joke. I'd love to meet him. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, I, I, this was my first instance of my stomach falling a bit. Because remember you said, you mentioned earlier about cleaning the slate so violently. Mm-hmm. When all of Spectre died, I thought, hmm, hang on a minute. I know what's happening here. I think something bad's going to happen at the end. But we'll get there. Oh, okay. <clears throat> you, you were well ahead of the game. I, was, I, I had a feeling just because of that. That Danny Boyle thing that came out, and I remember, th- I've been thinking all along. I've had a feeling in the back of my mind that's where they're going to take it ultimately, and I was sad to be right.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Anyway, mm. so Bond and Paloma fight loads of people. There's a good bit here with lots of really good action mm-hmm. and then uh, Nomi turns up and takes yes. Orochev for a bit yes Obrachev sorry and then they take him back and then he gets on a plane and then he flies to a boat uh, there's a good bit there as well with Paloma saying it's her first mission I quite enjoyed that Yes, and we don't know how true that is because she seems no. pretty damn proficient. But I also like the there's a little motif that runs through this fight where she and Bond are getting increasingly sozzled. Yes. So I counted that she has at least three. I think they both have at least three drinks during yes. the course of this, uh, and it doesn't seem to impair them in any way. But she's so she's so likable in this mm. in this moment. I I I thought because it was fairly clear. She was on set the day I was there as well, and then they showed mm. me around the 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 Cuba set at, at Pinewoods. That's all a set. It's tremendous mm-hmm. and um but when i saw the trailers for this it became clear that paloma was only in the cuba section and so i was terrified she was going to get fridged i i mm. was because she seemed so bright and, and likable mm. and so i was glad they didn't i was glad they didn't and they left her on the board but can you leave someone on the board if you're wiping the board clean like the, one of the last things bond says to her is you know you know do do pop back in again, do drop by, you mm. know, do see me again. And it feels like we're not going to get that chance. Yeah, because she could have been like the new Felix. It would have been quite fun. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Oh, such a such a shame. But it yeah, best, shame. best sequence in the movie for me by a mile. Yeah, and there's also a little Quantum of Solace nod there as well, isn't there? Is there? 
Well, only physically. There's a bit where he's grappling with henchmen and they both fall through the floor and the camera yes. follows them. Yes. One falls on a, an object and the other carries on falling. So it looks like exactly the same framing mm-hmm. to that, that but- awful beginning fight in Quantum of Solace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just uh, done more proficiently this just time. Just done more proficiently, yeah. yeah. So anyway, he, he, he runs off with Obrachev, um and they, they go meet Felix on a boat. And that's where we discover that Obrachev lets slip that... Um, someone's you know killed all of spectre and he's and bond's like oh well who and then it becomes clear that logan ash is actually <laughs> our friend logan ash i don't know he's <laughs> he's a baddie yeah and yeah then he shoots as you said as you mentioned earlier he shoots felix manages to lock them both in a bit of the boat that's blown up with a hole in it and water coming in and then felix like oh i'm not gonna make it buddy and i thought oh no yeah, this is uh, as you mentioned earlier, mm. and uh, yeah, Felix dies. This is portent of doom, part mm. two. I need to talk about Felix for a moment though, because Jeffrey Wright. I think Jeffrey Wright has the best voice in the world. Yeah, he does. Uh, one of them, uh, anyway. One of them. There's a bit in the French Dispatch, which I mentioned earlier, where him and Lee Schreiber are having a conversation, and it should be illegal because there's these two <laughs> booming, deep, <laughs> lovely, velvety voices chatting to one another in this lovely prose and. Yeah. yeah, and having watched all of What If with my kids and everything, I just think I, I love listening to Jeffrey Wright talk, so the fact that he's not going to be in these anymore is a bit sad. How do you feel about the fact that he wasn't in Skyfall or Spectre, and then they bring him back for this and basically pretend that he and Bond are brothers? Yeah, I don't like it. Again, we're, ha- we're going to have to pretend that they had loads of missions that we didn't see, but I'd like to have seen them, please, <laughs> yes. rather than Spectre. <laughs> it's, it's like that moment in that uh, I believe it was a fourth Indiana Jones movie. But it's like that moment in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull where mm. Indy is being interrogated by Jim from Neighbours and the janitor oh, yeah. from Scrubs. <laughs> and and they're talking about all these amazing adventures. Like Jim mm. Jim from Neighbours is talking about all these incredible adventures he's been on with Indy. And I'm thinking, mm. I'd like to see that, please. Yeah. Rather, than, rather than the one we're watching now. <laughs> can, we, can we see that, please? But, yeah. Are you looking forward to Indiana Jones 5? I'm 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 nervous about it for for all kinds of reasons, but I mm. I I I trust as much as I can in in Jim Mangold. I, think I really like James Mangold. So that's the only reason that I'm kind of like really into it. If yeah. it was like um, Skip Taylor who did the Die Hard Five film, whatever his name, <laughs> Skip Woods. Sorry, <laughs> if it was Skip, Skip Woods in Indiana Jones Five, I'd be like, uh, maybe not. Yeah, I wouldn't but, be. I wouldn't be too up in it. I think Mangold's very good, even though I didn't like The Wolverine, but I liked Logan a great deal. Yeah, The Wolverine's interesting because he was parachuted into that at fairly short notice. So oh, I don't was know he? How much. Yeah, it was, it was Darren Aronofsky was on that for a long time. And then uh, Mangold came in with, I think, maybe a few months ago, maybe a couple of months ago. He, he didn't have, it, it, I, do, I wouldn't say that's his film entirely. Um, so, Aronofsky's got the best job in Hollywood, hasn't he? Because he gets attached to projects, gets probably gets paid, and then goes, yeah. nah, nah, I'm all right. I'm good, I'm good. And then someone else comes yeah. in, and, and, and he's off doing his own little passion projects, paid for with the, the big blockbuster cash. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. It's a good yeah. job. Yeah. Anyway, so Felix is dead, and then Bond goes oh. back to MI6. And, um, yeah, he, he yeah. meets up with M. There's a good variation on the Bond, James Bond. I really like this. It's a good joke. Mm-hmm. Where he goes yes. to reception and says Bond, and the guy looks at him and he says James Bond. Mm-hmm. And then Solid. he he meets M, and uh, they have a little row. They do. You know what? I have to say, I like Bond during this section of the film. 
Yeah. Because he is just giving everyone shit. And he is looking upon... He's kind of... He's looking upon all the events in this kind of twinkly-eyed, sardonic manner, which I really like. I think... Mm. Honestly, I think Craig's pretty funny in this movie. Uh, when he is allowed to be, obviously. Yeah. And it makes me wish we'd had more humor from him. Yeah. That, that bit where he's going, is, you, is this desk bigger or have you got smaller? Mm. To um, just a little I hope you don't mind, but I had, to, I, I had to capture a clip because there's always a moment in a Ray Fiennes film where he goes full Leonard Rossiter. <laughs> and he does not this, so I'll just play it now. Hang on. I had him done. My God, you're thirsty at the moment. You have no right to speak to me that way. You have no right to make insinuations about my judgment. If you've nothing left to give, you are irrelevant. You've done your bit and we thank you for your service. Again. Goodbye. <laughs> you are irrelevant, Miss Jones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we have to go back to Peter Serafinovich there because if you haven't seen his uh, acting masterclass as... Mm-hmm. Ray finds as Leonard Rossiter. Uh, I would recommend you watch it because he is Leonard Rossiter. It is so good. I mean, I I think I asked Sarah Finovich once where how he made that leap, hmm. and um, I don't think he, I don't think he could remember. But the leap between because once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like once yeah. you you get that connection that that Ray finds not only looks a bit like Leonard Rossiter, but sometimes acts like him. It's yeah. it's impossible to escape. Yeah, yeah, that's a prime bit of uh, prime bit of Rossiterine. And Bond goes all Savile here because he keeps asking if he can get into Belmarsh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they say to him, "Well, you can't because there's only one person Blofeld will speak to." And he says, "Who's that?" And then we see Madeline, Madeline, Madeline. <laughs> And she goes to her office and someone says, there's some bloke to see you and he's really Frank weird. Bruno yeah. is the only person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid Blofeld will only talk to Frank Bruno. <laughs> Fra- Frank, I am the author of your pain. <laughs> you what? Have you met my friend Peter? You know what I mean, Harry? <laughs> what? I've made a mistake here. <laughs> I, oh, I loved your widow twanky. Um, yeah, so he, Madeline gets a visit from Safine. Safine. Now, now, this scene I quite like. Mm-hmm. I'm probably in a minority here, but I quite like no, it. And I'd like I more like of this. I'd like some th- some more scenes with Safine so I can finally find out what his game is. But I'd, we never get them, unfortunately. We don't. Um, but he goes to see Madeline and basically says, I want you to kill Blofeld. And then he shows her... His box, not like that. He doesn't bend over and get his bum out. He shows her his box. And uh, that's Bohemian Rhapsody you're thinking of. He shows her his box. And in it is the mask, not the one that makes you go. It's not the one that go turns green. into Loki. Yeah, no, not the yeah. one that makes you go. Well, unless it's a party. Entirely. Although I'd love that if that was the villain in this film. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she she knows who Safin is now. So yeah. he gives her it as a sort of perfume, and uh, she goes. Then she has to go and see um, Blofeld mm-hmm. and, and Daniel Craig. Oh, sorry, not Daniel Craig. James Bond turns up, mm-hmm. and it's the first time he's seen Marine Madeline. 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 Since the Madeline. event, since the train train gate, as I'd like to call it. Yep. And um, they're just just about to go in, and she sprays herself with the the nanobot perfume. By Calvin Klein. 
And no, uh, she chick- she chickens out and says, I can't do this. But he's already touched her wrists. Mm-hmm. So he's infected now. Yes. So then Bond gets to talk to Blofeld, and Blofeld just says, you know, I'm I'm going to just wind you up now for a bit. You you smell. You look like Sid James. Um, <laughs> the, the, the invasion was terrible. Um, <laughs> You were overshadowed by Hugh Jackman on Broadway. <laughs> and then uh, Bond leans into Blofeld and says, The Blofeld, the. <laughs> Sorry, die, Blofeld, yes. die. Yes. Uh, which is a, which is from one of the books, I believe. Yes, because no yeah. man who speaks German could ever be evil. Exactly. And he strangles Blofeld, but it's such a... Again, I'm still recovering at this point from the, the funny chair him being brought on the funny slow ski chair and then Bond strangles him a bit and then they turn around and they're like oh and that's another thing as well have you noticed in this film that every time someone gives Bond any form of criticism like Mallory coming in and saying look mate you can't really strangle prisoners mm-hmm. he cuts them off and says I know he does it about three times yeah he's a bit petulant which is where yeah. the whole Commander Bond thing comes from doesn't it it was like yes. oh Commander Bond I think you'll find yeah yeah he, need, he needs uh, to get over himself. He does, and they turn around and Blofeld's... <laughs> Portent of Doom number three. Mm. Now, did you see this coming, John? Um, no. Interesting. But, but I thought... I I did have my... I don't know. I, part of me, like you said earlier with Blofeld, I thought they were just going to put him back and we'll see him again one day. Because you don't, you don't necessarily murder Blofeld. You just... He gets away or you, you know, he's left for dead thinking he's dead. Which is why, Inspector, I got so angry that he was arrested. That's just, you don't arrest Blofeld. <laughs> you just don't. It's like Darth Vader's about to kill Luke at the end of the Empire Strikes Back, the police cup in. Darth Vader, you're under arrest for murdering lots of children 40 years ago. <laughs> but like the end of uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. They exactly. Just show up. <laughs> I was only following orders. All right, all right. <laughs> Tell it to the judge, mate. Tell it to yeah. the judge. See you in Nuremberg, Space Nuremberg. <laughs> Space Nuremberg. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't see him dying like this because, again, yeah. you don't see one thing you don't see Blofeld doing is being arrested, two, being mm. killed. So, yeah. I was I was surprised by this, but not not within the context of watching the movie first time around, because mm. again, all the evidence was stacking up that something was going on here. That yeah, they we're, were wiping the slate clean. Wiping yeah. the slate clean. They're mm. getting to the end of it. They're drawing a line in the sand. Um, I still didn't think that they were going to go there with Bond, but no. the minute he steps into that room with Blofeld, and the minute his little mini metro window comes down, <laughs> the only reason that that happens Harry is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I get him on deadline day. Well, I've heard that Cyclops is moving from Spectre to Safin's organization. Mm, great little player. What do you think about the fact that Hugo Drax has turned up today on his own volition to try and sign for your team? Terrific, absolutely terrific. <laughs> uh, so. I was trying to think of that player he kept signing over and over again. I can't remember his name. Oh, Nico Cranchar. There you go. Nico Cranchar's his henchman. <laughs> Nico Cranchar's his henchman. He can blast him in from 30 yards. Uh, which it kind of does at the end. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's who kills Bond at the end. And Nico Cranchar with a long-range hammer. Yeah, um, Lukaku. <laughs> yeah, Not Lukaku. Lukaku. <laughs> what was his name? Who are you talking about? 
Ah, oh, you're Benjani. That's the one I was thinking of. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, we don't really talk about football on this podcast. But no, yeah. no, we, no, we, and we absolutely shouldn't. But yeah, mm. the 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 because um, what was I going to say? So Blofeld. So Blofeld, mm. I thought was going to be the author of all Bond's pain again, and yes. he was going to be pulling saffron strings from, from prison in a sort of yeah. hackneyed way. So I'm glad that they didn't do that. But mm. the second, the, the only reason that that little transfer of Harry Redknapp car door window comes down yeah. is so Bond can touch him and so he yeah. can be killed. And mm. I just thought, oh, it's a bit clumsy. And, and I just think, as we said earlier on, go through all that trouble to mm. get all the rights back eventually mm. to Spectre and Blofeld. And then that's it. One and a half films and it's, got, it's done. Yep. Shame. It is. It's a real shame. It's a real ham-fisted, badly organised shame. Uh, <laughs> So Bond, th- Bond goes, oh, they say to him, do you know where Madeline went? Because she ran off. And he went, yeah, I think so. And he goes to Norway. But also we should mention that he's uncovered his Aston Martin from Living Daylights, which he shouldn't, <laughs> he shouldn't own. But, but he should because he had the adventure of the Living Daylights uh, yeah. off screen. Oh, yeah, off screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, has the best gadgets of all the Bond f- f- cars, I think, apart from the, Ast- apart from the Lotus. And um, he doesn't utilize them at all. No, this is literally just a car to get him from A to B. It really annoyed me because when... I mean, let's cut to the chase here. He goes to see Madeline. 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 And it turns out she has got a daughter called Mathilde. 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 And he instantly goes, she looks like me. And she goes, she's not yours. And I thought, how many times has that happened to him? (laughs) (laughs) There's lots of big-eared boys looking like Sid James running around the world. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. Maybe not this Bond, because this Bond isn't a, a womanizer in the way that previous no. Bonds have been. But, no. yeah, there's... there's, and, and most people he has sex with do get killed yeah. in, almost immediately afterwards. So, But you would still imagine, law of averages would suggest that he's got at least uh, 150 kids. Oh, easily, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, wh- what did you think about this I didn't like development? it. It made okay. me think of instantly Superman Returns. Yeah, I can. See, I just yeah. thought, oh, I mean, not knowing that he was going to die at the end, but I was thinking mm-hmm. you've kind of painted yourself in a corner here. Um, but now, now knowing what happens at the end, I don't mind it so much. I think it's fine. I, yeah, I, I I'm, I, I don't want to sound like someone who's preserved in amber and a bit mm. of a dinosaur when it comes to things like this. And certainly, characters should be allowed to grow and to develop and to you know fall in love and have kids and. And, and and even die, but I, I sometimes feel that Bond is one of those characters who should almost be exempt from all that. That exactly. he is, and and maybe this is just because previously they didn't give a shit about that, and they just mm. saw him as a character who just you could just you know pick up and then drop into another adventure, and you never really worried about his emotional life or his mental health or any of that stuff, mm. uh, or whether he was truly happy. You were just there to watch a guy who was impossibly cool, go to different locations around the world, sleep with as many people as he can, kill even more people, and save hmm. the day. Um, hmm. And Craig, obviously, is the first real... Well, he's not the first actor to really think about Bond in those terms, because Dalton did. Yeah. But he's the first one who's had the power to do something about it, mm-hmm. and the run of films in which to do something about it. Hmm. So, yeah. I'm a bit torn on it, and, and part of me thinks it should never happen to a character like Bond. Um, mm. But at the same time, it does kind of work here. 
I have issues with it from a from a logic standpoint. Yeah. Uh, as in, how can Madeline? Madeline, how can she? How how she possibly squirrel this kid away hmm. under the watchful eye of MI6? In Norway. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like clearly she's not kept the kid in Norway. She must have. Mm. She must be living with Mathilde in London. So mm-hmm. how how has no one spotted this? Yeah. And why doesn't she tell Bond that Mathilde is hers? His. His. Yeah. She tells him it's hers. Yes, yeah. it's hers. This is a kid I found. Just to let you know, this is mine. Okay. <laughs> yes, I, I just <laughs> I found this the small child knocking around outside. Uh, why doesn't she tell him that Mathilde is his? But I guess because at this point she's trying to. Th- kind of thinking that he's um, not wanting any kind of involvement with her anymore. I yeah. Didn't, it didn't make sense. I didn't like it, the way it's handled. Uh, but then, cute kid, though. Very cute kid. kid. Oh, very cute. Clearly cast because she's got his enormous blue eyes because he says that. And she has got enormous blue eyes. And looks like St. James. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cackle. The cackle sealed it. <laughs> you, forgot, you forgot me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, so he gets a call and they're, and they're saying, you know, Logan Ash is here. And he said, I thought you were tracing him, not me. And they're like, well, we are. So he knows that Logan Ash is coming for him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they get outside and outside is his awesome Aston Martin from the Living Daylights, which has got snow tracks, missiles, an afterburner, and they're getting her four by four. <laughs> True. For the world's slowest car chase. And it just made me think of Thunderball. Maybe it's a Thunderball reference, because in that he's got the Aston Martin from Goldfinger and he uses one gadget in it through the entire film. Uh, and in this he's got the really cool Living Daylights car. I mean, imagine how cool it would have been if he put his skis out and just fired his afterburners. Awesome. <laughs> would have been. It would have been amazing. No, but he goes off in a, uh, you know, urban Jeep thing. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so they have a little car car chase which i thought was quite boring i'm sorry yeah i have to say i thought i i i think that the action in the second half of the movie a there's not a lot of it and b mm-hmm. what there is is fairly humdrum and yeah and, and fairly repetitive and um you know i've said stuff like this in the past but you know i do i do wonder whether because specter i felt crowbarred stunts in for stunts sake yes, you know that, like that whole explosion. sequence hmm. yeah there's no stuff the, the plane going down the the, the hill all all felt very much like all right what can we do let's get a let's get bond on a plane let's get him down a snowy landscape going through a barn and we'll we'll do something with that and which is quite often the way that these films are, are made as you know, you know yeah. where they, they go right what can we do what's the big action sequence and then we'll we'll stitch a story around uh around yeah. it famously the opening to the spy love me yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. And I, I don't get the feeling that happened here. No. But what 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 I think also happened here was that whether it was Fukunaga, whether it was uh, Broccoli and Wilson, or whether it was just the way the script naturally developed, but then Fukunaga had a hand in the script. So I, I get the feeling he came in and wanted to strip back a lot of the spectacle and a lot of the stunts, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the things that, that, that make Bond Bond for me, yeah. uh, is the stunt work. And I, I wonder if maybe they were a little bit cowed by the fact that, you know, since Craig came to prominence, since his movies came to prominence, the mission movies have stepped up yeah. in a really big way. Yeah. How can you possibly compete with a franchise where your lead character, your lead actor is literally strapping himself to a plane as it takes off? Mm. Or, you know, doing these insane motorcycle stunts where it's actually him on motorcycles. Yes. Uh, or he's diving out of a, 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 you know, a plane doing a halo jump. 
Mm. How could you compete against that? So you, you go the other way instead, which is mm. you have a fairly low-key car chase or you have a fairly low-key shootout in a fairly low-key lair. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're correct. Um, but during this fight in the woods, we get a reference to um, For Your Eyes Only, where Logan Ash's car crashes. And he's lying under it, and the car's about to fall on him, but he can't move because his legs are broken. And then he says, um, what does he say? I can help you, brother, if you let me out. And then he said, I had a brother. His name was Felix. And he pushes the car, and it crushes him. His name was Oberhauser. Mm. And then Felix was the other one. (laughs) Oh, he's dead. It was a bit like bread. We had lots of brothers and sisters all living in the same house. And we had granddad next door, played by Bernard Lee. (laughs) Mum, did you finish that mission? Because I haven't had to be put in. <laughs> um, I've been annoying everyone with that voice. Uh, yeah, so so he, he, Logan Ash is dead, but when he gets back to where he's, he's, he's sort of hidden, Madeline, Madeline, and Mathilde. 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 Um, Safin has taken them both, even though, and this really annoys me, he doesn't care for Mathilde. Because at one point he just, oh, we'll get there. I, I need to understand that. I don't understand it. Yeah. So Bond is walking down the hill and up turns, to, uh, up turns, and Nomi then turns up in her car, mm-hmm. which I read the other day has been computer enhanced. Because really? when they filmed this, the Aston, Mar- the Aston Martin model they were using has since been upgraded. So they used the upgrade and they CGI'd it in. That's clever. Yeah. Look at all the things they can do. Look at all that. Yeah, they can't do a script. Um, so they then go back, they go back together and she's, and, and we find out that Bond is now been reinstated as a double O. And yep. also there's a line here that it's a bit earlier on, actually, that when Nomi says that, um, she shows everybody what happens if you touch someone who's been infected with this virus. And she says, this is what happened to the people who had contact with the corpse. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's doing that again another Savile reference um, so they, she's basically a bit peeved because we don't know what, num- what number he's been reinstated to and he says it's just a number and then when they're about to go on this mission together she says I want you to be the 007 and I thought oh for fuck's sake yeah what's the, the point the, of this moment that felt forced to me it removes uh, it, her of all her agency literally yeah we haven't um, we haven't talked about that actually, John, because uh, yeah, we we kind yeah. of we we were we were skipping um, daintily through the mm. Jamaica section. Mm. Um, I, I I think I think Nomi's great in this movie. I think yeah. it's a really, I think <laughs> making uh, 007 not just a woman but a black woman mm-hmm. pisses off all the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was a really lovely. Um, lovely way of of acknowledging that there are people out people who who are campaigning for Bond to be something other than a, a white guy. Mm-hmm. So you can you can have your cake and eat it by having yes. Bond be by still having Bond be a white guy, mm-hmm. and then taking 007 and making that more progressive. Yeah, and giving it to a black woman. I thought it was mm-hmm. tremendous. I thought it was a a, a lovely touch. And I think she's great in the role. She's yeah. really, really great in the role. She doesn't have enough and to do, but she's great. Yeah. Precisely, doesn't yeah. have remotely enough to do. I read, I read a, I read a tweet that said if you took Nomi out of the movie, it wouldn't affect the movie One Iota. I don't think that's true. No. First of all, she's the one who tracks Logan Ash to Norway, mm. uh, but it's true. In in Cuba, she is thwarted, so yes. 
she doesn't really get anywhere with that. And obviously she helps Bond out at the end. She kills the, the Russian scientist whose name I will never, ever be able to pronounce. So thank you for that. Obrachev. That's the one. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential in this character. And I really hope they can find a way to carry on with her. Uh, maybe, maybe a carry on with uh, Daniel <laughs> Craig as Sid James. It's his but, destiny. Yeah. But presumably she is, she finishes the movie as 007. Presumably she's reinstated. But you know, there's all this talk about, oh, did you think they re- would retire the number? You know, oh, it's just a number. It doesn't really mean anything. And then mm. by giving it that weird, they give it that sort of weird weight, don't they? The weird yeah. meaning by having her clumsily kind of go, oh, no, you should be 007 for this. Really why should he be 007 for yeah. this? Yeah. He's freelancing. What does he need his yeah. own number back for? Yeah. He's already, you know, gone off in a flounce and resigned. He resigned on his first mission, the twat. <laughs> He's constantly resigning. What's he doing? No, he just meets a lady. This is not Bond. He meet, he, Bond doesn't meet a lady and go, oh, I'm going to resign. I'm going to go live with you. I've just met you. I know, <laughs> I but love I love you. you. <laughs> oh, I want to be with you. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a resignation letter set in his template. He's always, he's always sending it. It's Bond's like resigned again. Of- yeah, the beginning of the spy who loved me. He opens the door and she goes, "But James, I love you." And he, clo- no, I need you. He should then close the door and go, "I know, and I love you. I'm going to stay." <laughs> the end. Yeah, I've got to go. I've got to pen a resignation letter. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah. So yeah, they they get in this little fancy plane submarine thing. I like, mm-hmm. but it's not real. That's the thing I don't like about it. Does that make sense? Oh, it's made up. Yeah, it's a CG creation. The whole thing about Bond is they find a cool vehicle. Like mm-hmm. in Octopussy with your little plane that flies out of a horse's bum. <laughs> and you know, they, they always find that, like little Nelly in um, You Only Live Twice, all these yep. sort of things. And in this one, it's like, well, here's this plane submarine thing. And then it takes off and it's CG. And I'm like, oh, couldn't it have been a real thing? Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. Mm. No, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Because there's a lot of stunts in this that are real stunts. But I noticed <laughs> watching it again, I did notice how awkward. You know, in um, Skyfall, when. <laughs> Bond's doing the motorbike chase at the beginning in Turkey, mm-hmm. and they've they've superimposed Daniel Craig's head on that man. And he looks like Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> they've done it again in this one. It is, it is quite funny. He does look like a bit of a monster when you superimpose in the, uh, his... in the chase at the beginning. Yeah, when they superimpose yeah. his head on with the grimace. Anyway, so they they fly off on this plane thing that turns into a submarine and goes in the water, mm-hmm. and then they arrive at Safin's lair on an island. Now, this, at this point, I'm thinking, good, bad. He's got a, a lair on an island. You did this previously in Skyfall. You 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 touched on it. You were like, "Oh, we're going to do a proper Bond layer," but you stayed there for like four minutes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's good. We've got a proper climax on an island with a layer, and then they use the Qdar, <laughs> and they kind of go their separate ways. And in the meanwhile, Safine has to- has is taking um, Mathilde and Madeline. Madeline. Around the Madeline. poison garden, and I'm thinking, oh, poison garden, that's cool. Never gets used. Never gets utilised. No. No. Could have had a big thing in there about, you know, you can't touch this, you can't walk through these. I don't know, just something. It felt like production. Yeah. It felt like Cat Adam for Cat Adam's sake. This film, I'm afraid. I, this I, end I, sequence, I mean. I, I thought the end was really disappointing for a number mm. of reasons, and and again, I must stress that you know. I, I liked the movie a lot more second time mm, around. This same. is not a diss. This is not a diss of the movie uh, mm. as a whole at all. I think the first hour in particular is as good as anything in the Craig. Yeah. Um, but 
for a movie that's been so colourful up until up until London, really. Yeah, yeah. And then the palette becomes just more drab. Yeah, it does. Uh, I read a really great piece this week about um, the colour timing and the colour grading in Skyfall and Spectre and the, the differences in approach. Oh, yes, on, I saw that as on well. Twitter. Yeah, yes. really, really good about the differences yep. between Deacons and uh, Hoyte van Hoytema and, uh, and how Spectre is just basically monochromatic and a bit a bit drab to look at and this movie isn't you know everything no. everything has a different uh, color palette everything there's pops of color you know cuba is very blue um there's you know the felix felix's death is is prefigured by the you know there's this drenched in red that whole sequence if you watch that yes. sequence is drenched yeah. in red and it, it really pops then it gets to london and becomes a little bit more <sighs> real world and grounded i guess yeah and then you gray. get to you get to this island and mm. everything's gray mm. and i just i just felt that we needed something more the the film becomes more serious and somber as it goes on obviously deliberate given where it's going to go yeah but yeah it was just it just needed a real pop of personality because you're not getting that no from your bad uh, guy. all his films do have third act all the craig films have something in common which is they have third act problems even Casino Royale's got a third act problem. Even Casino Royale has, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I agree. I mean, the um, the, the, the disposing of the sheaf, even though it's, you know, it, it's something that is laid down by the source material, mm. just means that the third act feels a little bit like an afterthought. Yeah, and that house sinking fight is just really boring. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they've all got that in common, and this is no different, I'm afraid. And then they go around... Safin's lab. I like the visual of the water with the lights in it. You know, they, I don't know what they're doing. Are they farming nanobots? I don't know what they're doing. It's, it's a very clear. good question. It's, mm. it's never made clear. And there is part of me that wonders if things were changed and there, whether surgery took place on this mm. film. But, uh, uh, you know, until people speak about it, we may never know. And even then we may never know. There may be things about this movie that they that don't, that don't come out about the making of the movie because they obviously the you know COVID hit, yeah, um, and maybe COVID, maybe COVID forced them to to kind of tamper with it and tinker with it, and maybe there were certain things in there they thought might have been too close to home. So I don't know; it's all speculation on my part. But it, it feels to me that there's there are elements of this movie. The first hour is really solid and really locked in, and after everything after that feels a little bit more nebulous, like they were trying to maybe paper over some cracks. I think so. I'd also like to know which sequence it was that nearly blew up Pinewood. <laughs> yeah, very good point. Yeah, because there was a whole thing about wasn't there, about how it did severe damage to the 007 stage. And I, I can't think of an explosion than this that's that big. That's a really good point. Mm. Really good point. Yeah. Unless it was another cut bit. I don't know. But yeah. So yeah, they go around and then to cut a long story short, he goes up and he finds Safin who's sitting there with Madild. And um, this bit's quite good, I thought. Even though, again, we don't know anything about Safin, but Bond does that thing where he insults him and then does that, oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> really, I really apologise. But he's secretly getting a gun out of his trousers, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's his penis gun. His penis gun, and then he kills everyone in the room. Safin disappears with Mathilde, but and then he's walking down a secret corridor holding her, and she's like, "Oh, I dropped my rabbit, my rabbit," and then he's just like, "Oh, f- fuck off!" Then I thought, oh, "What was the point of that?" <laughs> he literally just goes, "Go on then," and then walks off. Yeah, she bites him. She bites him, and he's That's like, right. uh, "Yeah." He's like, "I'm not, I'm not cut out for this parenthood stuff." Yeah. 
I think uh, I don't know. It's it's hard. To, it's hard to say exactly what they were thinking. His henchmen of should have been super nanny. Yes, that's precisely it. <laughs> uh, but I, I I don't know. I I wasn't a huge fan of that exchange. I mean, it's it's no. it's not too far away from. We're not so different, you and I. I mean, True. Those words aren't said, but they're they're. He fr- does say that intimated. speech about both in love with Madeline. Madeline. Yes. Both killers. It's like mm. looking in the mirror. But only not. Mm. Yeah. I'm and looking at the Madeline. The <laughs> no. No. <laughs> this isn't a Michael Jackson biopic. Oh, it should be. It should, it should be. be. It's got um, elements that could be. <laughs> there are. There really are. Yeah. And. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I just I just think it's a little bit hackneyed. Um, it is. I love that Bond kills all his henchmen and doesn't try and shoot Safin first. I know he's holding a child, but Bond's mm. a good enough shot. We've established this. He could have taken out Safin uh, easily. But him um, and Madeline find Mathilde. She's hiding under a table. And then mm-hmm. he goes, right, well, we can get out of here now. All I've all I got to do is uh, call in a strike because all this stuff's here to make the poison. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and opens the blast doors. Open the blast door. Open the blast door. And um, yeah, uh, there's a quite a funny bit there where he's where Q's talking to him throughout to do it. And he's done it by the time he's finished talking. That's quite yeah, fun. That's good. Good. Yeah. And then he's uh, they're all set to leave, and he's just walking out, and suddenly the doors start closing again. And he's like, "No, oh, what is going on?" And then we get his conf- confrontation with Safine again, who shoots him. Yes. And uh, again, a bit underwhelming. Yeah. If. if- it felt to me a little bit like, well, A, how does Safin or Safin get down to the poison garden so mm. quickly after shutting down the, uh, after closing the, the blast doors? But then again, it's his lair. I'm sure he knows lots of little secret routes. Mm. But it just felt to me a little bit like we don't know this character well enough. They don't have a connection. We haven't had those delicious Bond villain Bond exchanges that we no. that we often do. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's a little bit like the Logan Ash thing. You needed to make yeah. Logan Ash more formidable yeah. in order to justify him taking out Felix Leiter. And I think there's a feeling of, oh, this is the guy? Because at this point, I was convinced. Uh, at this point, it was already beginning to dawn on me that, oh, they're going to kill Bond. They're going mm-hmm. to they're, they're they're go down there. Same, uh, yeah. Doing that route. And the thing that really clinched it for me, I know uh, I've spoken to people who were way ahead of me by this point and who had hmm. you know who had figured it out way before this shot but it's the shot whenever he says goodbye to Madeline and Matilde and they're on the boat with, with Nomi and they're yeah. bathed in this gorgeous beatific glow and uh, that's the glow <laughs> that's the glow uh, uh, bestowed upon characters who the main character's never going to see again so that's yeah. the that's the moment that they, they're going to live long in his that's going to be the last thing that goes through his head other than, you know, the missile uh, towards yeah. the end of the film. And so by this point, it was like, oh, no, this he's he's going towards his death now, isn't he? That's what that's what's going to happen here. And then, of course, mm. he gets shot four or five times by yeah. Safin. Yeah. And I was just thinking, <sighs> Safin's the guy who's going to take down Bond? Really? Mm. This guy? And I don't think that he earned it. No. No, I agree. Well, we're talking about death as well. We should point out that Nomi kicked uh, the Russian scientist into the swimming pool of nanobots mm-hmm. because he was being racist. Yes, 
He was, he was, uh, yeah, he was one of those people. He was a bit like the uh, the Kevin Elton character in Alan Partridge, wasn't he? Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he starts people. off and he's, yeah. oh, yeah, I quite like this guy. He's quite likable. Yeah. And then he, yeah. you know, and you hang out with him for a little bit, and then mm. and then he unleashes <laughs> the racism, and then you slowly back away. Yeah, he's from and, and kick him into a poison garden. <laughs> yeah, and he melts. And he melts, which is what happened should happen to all racists, in fact. Mm-hmm. Exactly, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. But mainly literally. I'd yeah, be quite literally. happy. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. Um, yeah, so Bond is going back. He, yeah, he, he gets shot by Safin, as you say, and then they're having a little scuffle and Safin scratches him in the face with his jar of nanobots, which it turns out is <laughs> nanobots, <laughs> nanobots that will kill Madeline and anyone associated with Madeline. Madeline. So Bond's cock should fall off. <laughs> <laughs> Instant cock rot, Mr. Bond. And his uh, or, or whatever I'm from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, poor old Bond. Poor old Bond. Yeah. So he realizes it's quite a nice bit of act- acting where he realizes what's happened and then yeah. he just stands up and then just, as Safin's still mouthing off, he just. Tow, 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 tow. Quite good. Yeah, it's it's another. I, I like a Bond cold kill. My favourite cold kill of that Bond does. Fact, fact fans is in um, the world is not enough when Electra's go, doing the old "You wouldn't kill me" or and he just mm. goes. Tow. Yes. Yeah. Shut yeah. Up. That's a crack a bit. Shut up. That is. Yeah. It's it's good. Although we do not obviously condone violence against women. No. God no. Mm. No. If she 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 wasn't merely a woman. She was an evil woman. Evil. An like evil Jeff Lynn woman. warned us about. <laughs> so, if only I'd listen to Jeff Lynn. <laughs> I love your Brosnan. <laughs> I do love your Brosnan. Um, so yeah, so with Safin dead, he then goes back. He opens up the shutters and then he asks to speak to Madeline. Madeline he says, "Look, uh, I'm a bit fucked. <laughs> I can't come home. Look, those parts you ordered are not in for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to stay." Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, the baby is, you know, Mathilde is yours. And he's like, well, I know. She looks like Sid James. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, James. And he's like, yeah. And does she, does one of them say, oh, we have all the time in the world again? He says it. He says yeah. it to her. She's going, oh, man, come on. And, you know, I've got so much to live for. And he goes, no, it's okay. You've got, you have all the time in the world. There you go. And yeah. then he blows up. He does. And or does he? Like, well, I've had lots of people DM me with like theories going, oh, well, maybe the nanobots will rebuild him. And I thought, no, he's, he's dead. He's dead. Uh, he ain't getting out of that one. Yeah, it feels to me, because I was thinking as the missiles were coming in, I was thinking, yeah. all right, they're going to show this from a distance. It's going to be a, a very, very, very long shot. Yeah. Uh, so we don't actually see Bond being, you know, <laughs> smashed to pieces by Like your Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna leave some room, and then it's like, oh no, he's been engulfed by a wall of fire. I I think even Bond may struggle to get back from this one. You cut the queue, and he says, "Oh, it looks like Bond fixed his autopilot without me knowing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you even and I only noticed this last night in the second go, but after mm. after the missiles hit, you see Bond's vital signs go down to zero on Q's mm. little computer wall, That's and Q's right, like, yeah. "Oh, sad. Oh mm. no." Uh, my cue vital signs have gone down. And, and then Michael Caine goes back to, for, to dinner at his favourite place in Italy. He sees Christian Bale and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> and then the next table, Daniel Daniel Craig sitting there having a pint. Yeah, 
That's precisely what happens. Bloody hell, where, where are all these people coming from? I <laughs> people, failed you. The restaurant, the people who've just recently died in mysterious <laughs> circumstances. Am I dead? I may be dead as well. There's Bobby Ewing. That's one for Sean? the kids there. I've just seen Sean Connery for the first time in two years. <laughs> that is a very good impression. Um, so then MI6, M, Moneypenny, Nomi, Q, and Tanner, they have a little drink. Oh, Tanner. Uh, Rory Kinnear really uh, he's in the official No Time to Die podcast and he's like yes Mallory's back and you know blah 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 and I thought you've had nothing to do with this at all (laughs) nothing (laughs) absolutely nothing tell you what though he gets more to do in the last half hour of the movie than Moneypenny does that's true yeah Moneypenny is she's sitting in the background doing nothing he's at least kind of um, processing the information and and relaying it to to Mallory Uh, whereas Mm. Moneypenny's just like ah well yeah I, I guess I got to do that one thing in that one movie three three films ago, so that's yeah. that's fun. Yeah, well, you know, you can't, women can't have everything, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 you could have a double O, but you, you know, one of you has to be a secretary. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, there's, there's a there's a quote. There's a quote in place <laughs> exactly. in these movies, and that's what you're yeah. saying. Okay, I'm not saying it, but you know that's what you're saying, and I want to make that absolutely clear. As Roger Moore said in the film, folks, women's lib a giant step backwards. <laughs> uh, so they, he reads out a uh, Graham Greene quote. Mm-hmm. Basically goes, um, do, do, do the funky... Oh, sorry, that's Graham Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Not Graham Garden, Graham Greene. Um, and they, they, they cheers an imaginary glass. Not an imaginary glass, a real glass. An imaginary cheers to dead Bond. Yes. And then Madeleine and Mathilde Madeleine. are driving on the road. And um, she, I think this is a lovely little end line. Yes. So I'm going to tell you a story. And she's like, oh, yeah. Where's my iPad? <laughs> and uh, she says, I'll tell you a story about a man called Bond. James Bond. Mm-hmm. And then yes. Louis Armstrong kicks in. Yes. Which is weird because he's been dead for years. <laughs> yes, he pops up from the back seat. He comes out the glove box. Yes. <laughs> no, the, the song kicks in. It's lovely. Uh, but the, but when I, on my first viewing, I was livid because I just thought you haven't you a you haven't you haven't earned this, mm. and this song is from, belongs to another film. It's it's cru- a crucial factor of another film where this song being a, fa- a factor of that film is earned by a montage, and he didn't even have a montage in this. No, he needs a montage. Yeah, he needs a montage. Yeah, he, what he needed was, yeah. Rocky Four had like 25 of them. Uh, fewer now in the director's cut, I'm told. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, what it needed was an Armageddon-style life flashing before his eyes mm-hmm. montage yeah. as the wall of fire hits him. I would, I would have been quite happy to see that. Like the bit in the Magic Secret, Secret Service when he opens the drawer and pulls out every prop and you get a bit of music from that film. Oh, you should look in his wallet and there'd be a photo of all the Felixes. All It'd be like one of those things with the credit cards. You know, in the 80s, everyone had that, that credit card thing that would fall out of their wallet. It'd be that, but it'd be a different picture of every Felix. <laughs> oh. That'd be amazing. Or if, like, a, if, his, if his, dying, his dying thoughts had been a sort of a low, a low style, you have been watching. Yeah. Series of credits. Yeah. You have been watching um, John Terry. <laughs> You've been watching Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. Not that John Terry, obviously. Not that John Terry, no. no. But maybe that John Terry also, because yeah, it sounds uh, like it's, it's almost certain. That, yeah, 
It's almost certain Bond's a Chelsea fan. It feels that way. Feels that way, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, but there you go. And I was worried that it was going to say, James. You know, as we mentioned earlier, I was worried it was going to say James Bond will not return. I genuinely was. <laughs> yeah. I, thought, I thought maybe that's it. Maybe they've just had enough. But then, then I started thinking this is their only baby, isn't it, Eon? Unless they sell the rights to a big company, which they may well do at one point. I don't know. Um, but from the No Time to Die podcast I listened to, it sounds like uh, there's still a lot of family involved in making these films. I think Michael yeah. G. Wilson's son is heavily involved, isn't he? Yeah, I believe Greg's his name. Yeah, and yeah. he's he's being uh, he's being groomed to I think maybe take over one day from from his pop. Um, That's good because I was worried that it would be like. We'll sell it to Apple now because there's been rumours for years that Apple want to buy it, isn't there? And things like yeah. that. Yeah, I, th- I think they see themselves as the keepers of the kingdom, and mm. I, I can't see them ever relinquishing control. I think they'll no. always they'll always want to team up, and I don't think they would ever go streaming. I think they'll always want to team up with uh, with a theatrical giant that can give them the, the marketing spend and the and the amount yes. of screens that they feel it needs. Because Amazon uh, have bought MGM, haven't they now? That's correct, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Universal still distribute it here. So and that's another thing I want to talk about. Um, in the US, it's not distributed by Universal, so you don't get the cool gun barrel effect that we get here. Oh. Because uh, here, one, we get the Universal Globe, which then goes white. Right. And starts the gun barrel. But in America, it's um, MGM, so it just goes from MGM to the gun, oh. gun barrel. Well, that's so, interesting. Sorry, American yeah. friends, you lose. That's it. You lose. It's over for you, America. Um, yeah. yeah. I, so, how, how how do you feel now about? Because um, I, I think it's I think it's Craig nails it. I think it's it's filmed really beautifully. I love mm. the end. As mm. you you're right. You know, um, Madeline Madeline saying Madeline. Bond James Bond to their daughter is mm. a lovely touch. Also, the yeah. first time she speaks to Matilde in the film in English. Yes, which is which is interesting, yes. yeah. um, and then of course it finishes on the gun barrel. It finishes on that sort of inversion of the gun barrel with yes. the the car in the tunnel. So it's it's, yes. a, it's a really nicely thought out closing shot. It is. He's but, a great director, I have to say. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we've talked enough about Fukunaga and how much mm. he can, how well this movie is directed. And I think yes. there's, you know, it's 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 very very solid stuff and at times mm. I would say inspired yeah brilliant but yeah but but how how do you feel about the uh, have you reconciled with Bond's death now yeah I have yeah but I'm a, a bit upset about it because next year is the 60th anniversary and we'll all be it'll be like the end of the Phantom Menace we'll all be around Qui-Gon Jinn's flaming corpse celebrating <laughs> 60 years of Bond I'm a bit annoyed about that because with the, the anniversary next year I don't really want it to be in doubt as to what's going to happen next. You'd rather have for yeah. the 60th anniversary, maybe for the 60th anniversary, they'll say, here's the new James Bond. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say, I'd say the new James Bond, I would, I would be surprised if the new James Bond hasn't already been chosen. Oh, I'd be surprised. Here. Yeah. There's, there's someone's listening to this right now. Henry Golding or whomever is listening to this mm. and going, he, it's me. I, and I can say for a fact, I, a lot of people are like, Oh, it'll be, you know, there was that rumor for about a week where they're like, Tom Hardy is the next Bond. No way. Yeah. It won't be anyone established in any sense. Like a lot. I, I'm a fan of Henry Cavill. I know no one else is, but I am, but I, I know for too. a fact he will not be James Bond because he's got too many pies going on and they want, I think they want someone who is 
not ex- not very well known as someone they can push through a ceiling if you like not literally or <laughs> well if, if you cast someone who's unknown you can you could take all sorts of liberties with them mm, and true. they won't complain so you yeah. could push them through a ceiling or throw them through a window so yeah. I'd, I'd be okay with that I'm fine, I'm fine with that they literally yeah. did that with Craig they threw him through a wall so <laughs> they did yeah until he um, got more powerful and, and uh, stopped doing it stop that stop throwing me through walls stop breaking also, my legs the, also these people are cheaper and, yes and I think initially at least what I would say is that I'd like someone to do a Bond film every two years, please. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't want this waiting six years for a Bond film thing, please. No, I'm fed up with that. There have been, you know, 15 years. You know, Craig is now the longest serving Bond actor, I believe. He I think surpassed Moore by a year, right? He has, but he, he didn't make as many films as Monner- um, Con- Connery or Moore. So. Precisely. So he's made five, five and 15 years and... Mm. You know, as you say, this is this is the biggest tool in um, in Eon's bag of peas. Yeah. So, you know, you'd think that they would want to make one of these every two to three years. Yeah, uh, we've talked in the past um, about the possibilities of an expanded universe and and doing that thing where Nomi gets a film and where you know Blofeld gets an origin movie and Q gets his own movie and all that sort of stuff. I don't know whether they're going to go down that route because I think that would ultimately dilute. The impact of Bond, I think but, so, yeah. but it would be nice to see them step up the rate of production a little bit on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever whoever is Bond, Bond twenty six onwards, one mm-hmm. every two or three years would be great. Yes, um, but I, you know, I, I'm a bit like you. I, I'm I'm <laughs> a purist and a traditionalist, which means mm-hmm. I'm a dinosaur who's set in my ways, mm-hmm. and it took a long time for me to get over this. I was I, I was a bit like you. I was actively yeah. furious about it when yes. I first saw the movie. Yeah. And I've I've since been talked off the ledge. If anyone listens to the Empire spoiler special for this, literally the first hour is me going, but you can't kill Bond and then younger <laughs> people who aren't as set in their ways yeah. talk me off the ledge and go, No, it's okay, Chris. It's okay. It's fine. It's <laughs> it's fine. He's he's not real. You you can you can kill him. And so I, I, I kind of come to terms with it a little bit and I've been thinking about it an awful lot over the last few weeks about, you know, what, what it says about me and my relation with, with, you know, fictional characters and how sacrosanct they are and how untouchable they are. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more at peace with it. One, yeah, of, the, one of the reasons why I, I, I still have a slight problem with it is that I don't think it was inevitable. And I think if you have a situation where you're killing off a major character like this in pop culture... It has to either feel it has to feel inevitable from a storytelling point of view, and mm. it doesn't have to feel it. It shouldn't feel like you can detect the hand of the storyteller pushing yes. this character towards death. You shouldn't have to detect the hand of Daniel Craig, who, who I'm guessing clearly came back for a fifth film, going, "All right, I'll do it, but I want to make sure that there won't be a sixth. Yes. So I'm gonna, you have to kill him." That's yeah. what's going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel you can feel that a little bit with this. Um, Definitely, Logan, for example, you know, Wolverine killing Wolverine in, in Logan again, yeah. going back to Jim Mangold, mm-hmm. feels really organic, feels yeah. really inevitable, feels stitched into the fabric of the movie. Mm. Tony Stark in Endgame mm. feels like it doesn't feel inevitable, but it feels uh, it feels but it feels right it, and it feels it's earned thematically and, rewarded. Rewarded. It's thematic reward, and it, it, yeah. he's he's done something so monumental that it almost warrants that payoff in yeah. a way. 
Um, I don't think that's the case with this Bond here. No. He so saved like the world. Okay. Yeah, like you say, my, I was angry about this when I first saw it. I, I think all I tweeted was, nah, because I didn't want to get into it with anybody. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Because um, I was really keen to see what you thought, and then... <laughs> Then <laughs> you just I didn't I didn't DM you or anything. I no. just thought I'm going to wait. I'm going to monitor John's Twitter, and then and then nah, just yeah. came in, and I could almost hear it in Dalton's voice as well. I wanted it to be in a Dalton voice, but I thought it wouldn't come across, so I just put nah. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. And uh, I was like, okay, that's interesting because yeah, I, was, I was obviously I was getting furious. lots of yeah, furious, I was furious. lots of Bond fans were some were up in it, like Neil Alcock, the Incredible Suit, mm-hmm. were really really up in the film, and then there were others like like you and people like Stephen Carty who were who were not and mm. uh, I was kind of in the middle but then but, I went to yeah. see it again and I just mm-hmm. had I, I was a nice experience I took my 10 year old son to see it mm-hmm. and it was a proper bonding thing literally haha <laughs> hey. and uh, I thought of it more as a film than as a bond yep. film and I really enjoyed it and my son really enjoyed it even though he was a bit sad about bond dying at the end yeah um so I've I've got mixed feelings on it I think it's another one I I'm sad to say that Certainly, since Spectre, it's another one where I'm probably not going to buy it and add it to my okay. collection. Just because I feel like I've seen it twice now and I'm kind of done. Uh, if it's cheap on streaming one day, I might get it. You might get it, yeah. It's not one I want to revisit and revisit. It's not a caper like all the others are. And unfortunately, that's the case with most Craig films. It's not one where I want to dip back in again over and over again. Yeah. Like with your License to Kills or your Spy Who Love Me, where I keep going I back think, to them yeah i think casino royale takes up that box for me i think i think when you, you look back at up his to run a point now, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love that film i think it's top three mm. for me um but uh, and i know you you disagree on this but i think skyfall is also terrific um mm. so i think if you if you look back in his run i think he's pretty much i was i was hoping that this would be a, another great so that mm. he could have his run of five and do three you know Arguable, but three three classics and two yeah. kind of clunkers. Yeah, um, and I feel I, I feel this is ni- it's in neither camp. It's yeah, I agree. It's it's not terrible. Um, mm-hmm. It's well made. It's mm-hmm. well written. It has it has you know they had they, they they knew what the end was and they and they moved towards it and it all feels of a piece. But as a as a Bond film, I think it. It doesn't quite deliver the elements I wanted from a Bond film. Yeah. I, I I need that spectacle. I need the glitz. I need the glamour, and it just becomes mm. just a little bit more more drab as it goes on. As I said, but you know, I st- I still think this is a really bold, creative swing, and I think going forward, one of the things that Bond films have lacked is a sense of stakes and a sense of mm. danger. Where you can get, you know, you can tie Bond up to a, a laser machine, you can throw him into any scenario, and you, you, you know, you just know that he's going to walk away from it. Mm. And in one stroke, they've removed that and they've planted that seed of doubt. And so now we could be going into any situation where, say, for example, it is a Henry, it is Henry Cavill or it's Henry Golding um, who gets announced, and they do three movies, and they might do the same thing again. They might kill Bond at the end of that. And then just cast another actor, and then they might give that actor just one movie, and then they might, you know. And so, what it does, it in a, in a way, it, it refreshes it and gives it that sense of edge that it mm. has been lacking for so long. I just think my problem with this last thing I'll say on it is just that it felt like this film and a couple of the films are just, from what I've understood with the behind the scenes, that becoming Bond documentary that came out on Apple recently, mm-hmm. it just felt like here's a man who doesn't want to be James Bond, who doesn't 
is not interested in anything that James Bond does and wants to mould it to his own will and change the character. And then when he's had enough, it's just so like, well, I'll kill him off. It just feels like they, for the first time, were dictated to by the actor. Can you imagine Connery or <clears throat> Moore doing that, you know, saying, no, I don't want any gadgets. No, I don't want you to have the Lotus. I just want to have a family film about my personal problems. It's just like, no, that wouldn't have sold tickets back then. And it annoys <laughs> me that that's how we're, we're, we're having to go. It's, it's like we're having to leave the cinema now and go, wow, what a thoughtful piece. No, I yeah. want to come out and I'm, I want to high kick ninjas in the car park from the way home. True, yeah. So, uh, which, but again, mm. John, I mean, I think that means it's a really bold choice. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and I, I, I think, I, you know, I think Craig is is more invested and in, in more of a, a Bond fan than I think you might you might suspect. Um, mm. I think he is. I, th- I, I think for him. He is the first actor, and again, we've said this in the past, but he's the first Bond actor who has had the time and the authority and the influence within the creative team at Eon to do this. You know, and he's also one of the first Bonds who has gone into their final film knowing it's going to be their final film. You know, that wasn't the case with Dalton, it wasn't the case with Brosnan, it wasn't the case with Lazenby, it was the case with Moore, but he wasn't. And Connery, yeah. yeah, but they weren't interested in Bond as a character. They were, no. they were just playing him in in adventures, and it was, you know. Uh, so I, I, I think it's it's admirable in a way that Craig has imposed this this arc upon it. Um, but I, again, it just it doesn't feel inevitable to me. It feels that you know whenever he gets wounded and he's making his phone call to Madeline, that he still has time to get away and get out and yeah. and to live and to live and yes you could argue that he'll live but it'll be a kind of purgatory because he'll be unable to he'll be yeah. <laughs> having his his balls slowly stitched together again um yeah. uh, and that's another thing surely he can't have kids again after what the chief does to him in casino royale yeah, exactly. i would i would i would absolutely get a dna test um, yeah. but he you know he he's just reconnected with the woman that we're told he loves mm. and we're he's just recon- he's just discovered that he has a a daughter mm. and rather than you know i i know that you know it wouldn't be a great life not being able to you know have physical contact with them but he would still be able to watch Mathilde growing up Could be and a boy in a bubble suit type thing yeah absolutely yeah. get one of those like rubber things yeah, yeah. But he, if he just bounces around, get them all in it. Why not? So if, if he'd have had one of those rubber things, Matilda wouldn't exist. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and Q is a genius. And Q is basically mm. just like, you tell me Q couldn't have found out uh, a way around Heracles uh, sooner rather than later? Yes. yes. Just like know. COVID, wait for the science to catch up. Yeah. Don't blow yourself up. So I think Bond's a bloody coward. He deserved to die. I agree. And on that note, Chris Hewitt, thank you so much for uh, uh, allowing me to have my midlife crisis. <laughs> I think we both talked each other down of a ledge here, John. I think you did. I feel a lot better <laughs> about it now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. We have all Time enough for life to 
It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.